Hey, what's going on? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. They're not the Buffalo Blue Jays. They're not the parts unknown Blue Jays. They are the Toronto Blue Jays, even though they may not set foot back here again in 2020. Uh, they're playing baseball games. They're winning some of them, and then they lost my, uh, others. It's um, a, study, a study in contrasts here in the early days of 2020. We've got so much to get caught up on. Obviously, this has been the longest week of all of our lives. God only knows what the hell is going to happen tomorrow. One thing we know that's going to happen tomorrow, they're not going to play. The Blue Jays aren't playing this weekend due to the situation in Philadelphia with the Phillies who have been caught up in the Marlins uh, uh, storm shit storm maybe we could say <laughs> such yeah. that the Phillies are now out which is why uh we're going to talk well let, let me before we get there we're, we're going to talk about the, the man who would never abandon a weekend series the man who who joins me as always uh old reliable old reliable Mr. Andrew Stoughton Stoughton how are you haven't abandoned a weekend yet you would never it's abandon the a weekend the week that I might abandon but we're working but the working. weekend hell no uh, even though we're locked in, I'm still still not locked in home. I've been I've been getting out a little bit and doing a thing or two. I went to the gym because I where I live is in stage three. Um, but like still, even though it, there's almost nothing to distinguish day from day when it's the weekend, I know it's the weekend in my core, in my bones. I'm like, no, not doing that shit tomorrow weekend. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's stage. It's been stage three here uh, as well, uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh... Yeah, that's sort of, that's sort of like a nominal situation where there is whereas like everyone else is like no, we don't we don't want you to go inside of our establishment to eat. Please stay on the patio. Please uh uh please please proceed as though mm-hmm. our irresponsible uh governmental leaders did not <laughs> choose to like put us in the situation. If there's one thing we've learned over the last four or five months, um, it's that trying to have it both ways always works. <laughs> so those are really important learnings to take from that. No, but anyway. I, if I may, if I may say, uh, I learned later today that Doug Ford, our, our beloved premier, as we, mm. as we all like to, you know, he's done such a great job with the pandemic. He actually, you know, could have could have gone a lot worse. There are sadly many examples of that. Uh, I learned that he was in Peterborough today, and also I sit near this window uh, of my of my home uh, where I see the street, and there was there was like an RV, like a bus sized RV that looked like a you know that looked like Pearl Jam's tour bus mm-hmm. that drove up my street earlier today, and. As soon as I heard that Doug Ford was in town, I was like, I wonder if Doug Ford drove past my house. And if so, I really regret not running to the fridge and grabbing a couple of eggs and just fucking talking <laughs> it's, it's like a where it's like a you know, you'll remember where you were when. I remember when Doug Ford's big goofy bus with his weird visage on the side rumbled up my street and I was filled with regret. <laughs> That I did not take any do any kind of civil disobedience at that time. Yeah. Um, speaking of civil disobedience, the Marlins have disobeyed all the rules and they've put the baseball season in jeopardy for the, not everybody because it seems pretty clear that baseball is just going to keep steaming on ahead, and no matter how many how much uh, collateral damage and how many bodies are end up caught in the undercarriage of this of this wagon. Jesus. <laughs> the Marlins got 19, I believe, positive cases. And as a result, the Phillies, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Blue Jays scheduled opponent for this weekend, who have had one coach and a visiting clubhouse attendant who have tested positive for COVID-19. The Phillies are in limbo. And we decided to, to bring someone out of limbo to talk with us about that. Matt Gelb of The Athletic. He covers the Phillies. He is there in Philadelphia. So we talked to him to find out what's going on in Philadelphia, what's going on with the Phillies. And it was a really enlightening talk because while the, we in Toronto have been, I know a lot of folks have been kind of uneasy. There's a, there's a sense of uneasiness when it's like, what am I doing? Am I really like going to get into this? Am I able to detach my brain from reality as I watch the sport? Turns out the answer to that is mostly yes. But 
it's so easy to get snapped back to the twisted reality that we live in because it's like, oh yeah, this team full of uh, baseball players, they all just sauntered out into the night, went to a club or something, and then they all came back with the virus. And as a result, these guys are sitting at home. (laughs) Well, nobody was going to recognize them as the thing. That's the problem. The root root of the problem is the fact that nobody would ever recognize a member of the, even, even as like a person who follows baseball for a living. I don't know how many Miami Marlins could walk past me on the street and maybe be like, hey, that's uh, Miguel Rojas. Look, like I made I made a Miguel, this same Miguel Rojas joke <laughs> with Matt Gell. I, I only said back. that name because that's the only one I can remember <laughs> of anyone who's on the Marlins. They've got all those guys they got from – they've got Jorge Alfalo, who, who is uh, the catcher that was in the Rangers system. Uh, who can't hit. They've got Luis Brinson, who was in um, the Kristen Yelich trade. He can't hit yeah. either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've got uh, some other guys. I've got a couple guys with some cool names. I heard their owner is Derek Jeter, though. Isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, well, as a result of the the chaos that has been wrought by the by the novel coronavirus, you know, making its way through the team, uh, a lot of old friends have been brought into the Marlins mix. Travis Snyder. Is now very close. Should the Marlins ever resume playing baseball, Travis Snyder could well be in the mix, picked up by the Marlins. And I, actually, I looked today, old friend, guy who you would definitely recognize if you saw him in the street, Justin Schaefer. Remember former Blue Jays reliever Justin Schaefer? Who could forget? He, uh, I, I, I like Schaefer. He was good in 2018. Then he was less good in 2019. And then I guess at the end of the season, he had his contract was purchased. By the Reds. I'm not sure what if it was just like a sold for cash or traded for cash sort of thing. And then he has then been was then waived and then picked up by the Marlins. So Justin Schaefer in the mix. I'm a sucker for somebody who can if you I don't know. He pitched he pitched pretty well in twenty eighteen, truth be He's, told. I mean, I just with the Jays playing the Nationals this week, there's there's a lot of Javigera truthers out there who are like, How dare the Blue Jays have gotten rid of him? Did not remember that he played for the Blue Jays at all. <laughs> right. No. Somebody they kept was, mentioning it. Buck and yeah. Dan were like, oh, former Blue Jay, Javi Guerra. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> Another. Yeah. If you want to talk about, we, we've talked a lot about remembering guys. Uh, I, so Nate Pearson pitched this week, which is something we'll talk to. We got to get, we got to get to this stuff because this is interesting. Yeah. But he was wearing, he was yeah, wearing. As opposed to us rambling. This, there he was wearing 24, number 24, Ricky Romero's old number. And I went to look on baseball Ken reference. Ricky you can Jr. search. Well, the Ricky uh, Romero. Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. didn't play for the Blue Jays? Are no, you out of your. <laughs> I know this, but I'm like, but when I saw 24, I'm like, oh, Ken Griffey Jr. fan. I'm like, oh, right. No, he was born in 1996. Shit. Oh, Jesus. But <laughs> you can sort by everyone who's ever worn a certain number for the Blue Jays. And I went looking and I was just poking around. And then there were names on there. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, who even is this human being? And I've been doing this, talking about the Blue Jays every week <laughs> for like, 10 years and right? names yeah. just washing past me. This episode is going to wash past us if we don't get moving. So why don't we talk to Matt Gelb of The Athletic, which is where you're listening to this, Birds All Day. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you don't have to subscribe to The Athletic. It's out there for anybody. If you go to Spotify, if you go to Apple Podcasts, if you go to Overcast, you go to the other one that I always forget, Stitcher. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to Birds All Day. Give us a, a rating. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up. Whatever it is, hook us up. We're having a good time with the Blue Jays being back at it in 2020. But while you don't have to subscribe to The Athletic to listen to the show, you can and should subscribe to The Athletic if you want to read what Stoughton writes, if you want to read what Matt Gelb writes about the Phillies, if you want to read what Ken Rosenthal writes, what Jason Stark writes, if you want to re- read what the homie Blake Murphy writes as the Blue Jays, as the Raptors are getting back together, if you want to read what the, the small army of humans that write about the Leafs are saying now that they're about to stu- start playing hockey again, if you want to read the guy that writes about West Ham that I follow on Twitter, you should do that. And if you want to do that, you want to go to theathletic.com slash birds all day and subscribe to the to the athletic for one year at 40% off. You should do that. You can listen to no dunks, the dudes, the basketball drones, skeets, tass, the tall one. <laughs> Legends, all of them. Legends, all of them. The short one, Matt, is gone. He 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 moved on to do other things, which is awesome. Trey, of course, I'm talking about Trey and JD. And Lee Ellis. Let's not uh, forget Lee Ellis, yeah. The man. 
<laughs> Lovely. A legend. What Truly a, a legend. Guy. Great. Amazing. Just a great dude. Just a great dude. All all good dudes. We uh nothing but, uh, yes, but they fond all memories. Are, but, 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 but Lee is a special kind of great dude. Yeah. He is uh he is a breed apart that man Lee Ellis. <laughs> so if you want to listen to, to 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 well, you can listen to that, you can subscribe, you can watch them on YouTube as well. But go to theathletic.com slash birds all day, get 40% off, sign up, do it now. What we're gonna do is take a break. We're gonna come back. We'll talk to Matt Gelb covers the Phillies for The Athletic. And then we'll talk about the actual Blue Jays that are breaking hearts here early in 2020. We'll do all that and so much more on this edition of Birds All Day. Baseball is back. It is time to celebrate. No better way to celebrate the next great ace start in your life than with a company that was started in a college baseball dugout, which is where they got their name, Dugout Mugs. Celebrate with the perfect gift for the big game. Perfect thing to put on display or to be the life of the party. This is a barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. It's licensed by Major League Baseball, so you can get your favorite team laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. This is the perfect, and as I said, it's the uh, unique gift. So you want to be the life of the party you want to go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use the promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and code MLB30. Baseball is back. Get your own dugout mug today. All right. As you mentioned before, it is our pleasure at this time to be joined by a man who he's really going to get right into the X's and O's. We're really going to break this series down. We're going to go matchup by matchup, position by position, really getting into the nitty gritty of the baseball of this upcoming series. Uh, I'm just putting my hand in my ear here. I'm being told there is, in fact, no series. So we are we are at this time joined by Matt Gelb of The Athletic, covers the Phillies. We're going to talk about what in God's name is going on. Matt, thanks for taking the time to join us. I'm really disappointed because I was looking forward to OK Blue Jays playing on the scoreboard at Citizens Bank Park this weekend. And it is the best baseball song there is, but uh, we're not going to have that. And it's a little disappointing. Here's the thing about that. You are 100% correct. I think there's a little bit of shame. There's like Blue Jays fans are self-conscious and I think they might use, as the kids would say, cringe about OK Blue Jays. And let me tell you, there's no need to be self-conscious of OK Blue Jays. It is something to shout from the rooftops every time, belt it at the top of your lungs every time you get a chance, especially now after these uncertain times. You need to revel in every single rendition of OK Blue Jays. It's a great song. It's unapologetically great. Yeah, they played it at, at uh, the Nationals Park, and uh, it was great. Every 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 uh, like road reporter, other than like maybe the Yankees and Red Sox types, seem to really enjoy it. They seem to really get a kick out of it, which because it's great. Um, now, of course, the Blue Jays were to be at some point the home team uh, in Philadelphia, but no, but nay, because the Phillies have caught them been caught up in the COVID maelstrom. Let's say, well, the pandemic is you know every every facet of our society is being touched by it, including clubbies and assistant coaches matt uh the blue the season is just over one week old how many games have you covered so far i have been to three games the phillies have played three games and at this point by the end of this week they'll have not played seven games and uh i i mean they're not going to play 60 like it's pretty clear i mean they will not play 60 games this year i think everyone understands that at this point and i guess the question is when are they going to play again? Are they going to play again? Which sounds crazy, but might not be that crazy to suggest. I, I you know, this thing changes every day, and it, like it's really dependent on the test results. And uh, I think there's a lot of nervous people in the organization uh, awaiting Friday's test results. So, could do me a favor? I have we've taken us onto a tangent about OK Blue Jays, which is my fault, but. For maybe Blue Jays fans who haven't been following the Philly situation closely, can you hit us with a quick timeline of like how things went down? So why have the Phillies only played three games? Well, it just so happens that their first opponent on the schedule was the Miami Marlins, who now have 19 positive cases, as reported by our Ken Rosenthal. And 
you know, there's a lot of controversy about why or whether they should have played Sunday's game last Sunday. Uh, but, but really, I think the issues uh, wouldn't have gone away had they not played Sunday while there were some pending Marlins tests. Uh, because there was a possible exposure on Saturday and Friday, the first two games of that series. Uh, and as we've now come to learn, I mean, it takes quite a bit of time perhaps for uh, a positive test to show there's an incubation period for, for, for the virus. And so the Phillies were supposed to have a home and home series with the Yankees uh, this week. They, sh- they should have been wrapping it up tonight. That was canceled really in uh, drip, drip by drip. I mean, they had one game canceled, then they had three games canceled and then, they're going to play the Blue Jays as the road team this weekend. And then that was going to start on Saturday with a double header, which was going to be 14 innings, two seven inning games, which would have been also <laughs> fantastic. They would have been the first scheduled seven inning game in the history of major league baseball. Uh, and I'm sad that we're not going to get to see that. Uh, and then all three games were postponed. And I, you know, to be quite honest, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to make those up. I mean, they, they do play the Blue Jays again, uh, later this season here in Philadelphia, I think, right? I think the Phillies are the home team. They do mm-hmm. play each other again. So maybe they'll play some double headers if we're still playing baseball, hopefully by then. I think it's sometime late in September. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the best case scenario right now for the Phillies is that they, and this is best case, is that they're back on the field playing by next Wednesday. Like, I think that would be the best case scenario for them right now. Uh, and, and that would mean like no more positive tests over the next few days. Uh, they've really haven't been doing much work. They've had one workout this week and now that's, that's off the table because they've had these positive tests. It's crazy. You noted, I noted, uh, or you noted on Twitter that they'd have to play 57 games in 56 days just to get to 60, uh, which is crazy. That there, There's yeah, absolutely yeah, no mean, way of that. that yeah, that, that wouldn't happen in a normal non-pandemic world. It wouldn't be possible. And uh, they're not going to play 60. Uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Well, the league, I guess, kind of b- tried to bake some of this in, suggesting that if, they're, if teams are unable to get to 60, it'll just be pure winning percentage, not – you know, whatever wins or games ahead in the loss column, whatever it might be. But that also just feels really secondary right now as it's just a lot of things being made up on on their own. But to the Phillies, they haven't had yet a positive test among the players. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, and that's what they're holding on to right now is that they haven't had that. But as we saw with the Marlins thing, I mean, it's like starts with one, then it's like two and three, and then there's a nine, you know, I mean, we, we don't know how this virus spreads and, and we don't know how long it takes sometimes for these tests to show. But uh, right now they're holding out hope because they haven't had any player positives. And what, I mean, I'm not sure if you've had any conversations with, with the players, like what have they been doing or what, what can we imagine that they're doing? They're, they're having to be, I guess, pretty aggressively quarantined, staying at home and, and not coming to the ballpark to work out and maybe not, you know, going to the gym. It's, it's definitely feels like they've all taken a big step back. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the baseball world keeps churning on. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies had two starters, Jake Arrieta and Zach Eflin, who, didn't get to make their first turn in the rotation. And now it's going to end up being possibly two weeks between them throwing in an exhibition game or simulated game and then making an appearance uh, in in a game that counts. And that is insane. Uh, I have been talking to some players. I mean, they have been, they had a workout, a staggered workout at the ballpark on Wednesday, Uh, small groups, you know, not all there at the same time. And that was that's been the extent of some of these guys' baseball activity. A few guys grabbed their gloves uh, early in the week when they went in to get tested because uh, they have been going to the ballpark every day to submit a saliva test, every player, every coach, every staff member. Uh, some of these guys, I think, are throwing uh, on their own, maybe just playing catch at a park or uh, at a ball field somewhere in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, yeah, it's a challenge because they do want these guys to somewhat isolate. They don't want players to be hanging out together just in case one of them is carrying it and they don't know like they want to keep they want to stop the spread of it the possible spread and and uh 
that makes actual baseball activities really tough. And for now, the Phillies have said they uh, have canceled all activities at the ballpark until further notice, which is quite ominous. But uh, I mean, really the, the competitive integrity of this thing, I think is kind of teetering on the edge here. I mean, the fact that uh, the, the rest of the league is playing right now and the Phillies possibly through no fault of their own, just being caught in the Marlins orbit here uh, are, are really uh, being penalized. I mean, it's, it, it, it's terrible. I mean, like you, you want to put, it sounds silly to be talking about actual baseball, but like, cause there's people's health on the line here, but uh, if they are healthy and they are going to get back to playing baseball at some point, they are certainly at a disadvantage here. Well, you heard you heard it here. Matt said, if you live in Delaware County, maybe you live outside of Philadelphia, just head down to the local park, bring your glove. Maybe you'll get to play catch with Aaron Nola. That'll be an experience of a lifetime. I mean, the Marlins are still here in Philadelphia at some hotel. I mean, oh, there's a chance that maybe you could be um, on the Marlins if you are good enough. Like they're looking for players, I think. <laughs> None of us would know the difference, <laughs> frankly. Hey, hey, listen, listen they the turned to awesome. they turned to noted big league veteran, guy who I could definitely pick out of a lineup, Miguel Rojas. <laughs> To, to make the decision about whether this team full of uh, infected human beings should go and play a baseball game. Uh, it's just such a crazy situation. I mean, uh, the Blue Jays are obviously now affected by it as it looks as their weekend series has been has been canceled. There's I saw some people saying, like, why why can't the Blue Jays and the Nationals just, like, keep playing? Like, just whatever, roll on. I guess the Nats are supposed to be playing the Marlins right now. So, I mean, it, the competitive balance and the, the, the integrity of the thing, that to me – that thing went out the window long ago. I think the biggest concern now, and, and I don't know if this is something that would ever be reflected in the comments that they would share with you, but like, you know, we've already, we're already seeing, I saw, you know, Saris of the Athletic wrote about the, the injuries, soft tissue injuries. If I'm a player in the Phillies, if I'm Jake Arrieta or, or, or maybe somebody who's maybe not as highly paid as Jake Arrieta, maybe I'm worried about if I'm, you know, my future earnings down the line as we're being yo-yoed and jerked around on top of the threat of catching COVID-19, which is obviously a very serious and deadly uh, uh, respiratory illness. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> is on a lot of players' minds right now. And I should, for all the Blue Jays fans who are listening, I mean, yeah, the competitive balancing kind of went out the window when the Blue Jays basically are homeless for the season. So I know that Blue Jays, the Blue Jays players and fans and coaches, they they don't want to hear anything about teams being at a competitive disadvantage because if there is a team that that is at it, it is the Blue Jays. And I think everyone is kind of aware of that. But you're right. I mean, like, I wonder – if the situation prompts more players to, to wonder what am I doing here? You know, is this worth it? You know, if we're not going to play 60 games, if the competitive integrity is out the window, why don't I just go home? And now I'm not, I don't think players are going to quit on their teammates. uh, But, you know, if there are players who have health concerns, you know, in their family or, you know, concerns about not being able to uh, be properly prepared in baseball shape to get on the mound. I mean, why risk it? I mean, this season is already, I mean, this season is a joke. I mean, I, you know, I, I know there's a lot of, uh, on the line here, but I don't know that I'd be willing to risk it. And, and I, you know, some of these guys have a lot of money and, and, and a lot of things at stake, so they're going to risk it. But, man, I mean, it's getting harder and harder to justify it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, and we, you know, we saw some of the, the concerns early on with some players. I think it was, um, what's that guy, Brock Holt, who was like, well, I wouldn't play, but I have to because I don't have a contract next year. So I can't be out of sight, out of mind. And while the Marlins are, are you know, while, while their situation is obviously still in flux, there's so many, you know, talk about remember some guys, local favorite Travis Snyder has been brought into the Marlins fold. So there's a chance that he could, you know, get into the big leagues again, which would delight many, even though the circumstances are, are a bit extreme. But I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what's it going to take? Uh, you know, we've seen Eduardo Rodriguez is, is suffering serious uh, heart challenges after, after uh, being tested positive for COVID-19. It's really crazy. And, and it's, it just, like you said, it all is just sort of like hanging on by a thread. And, and maybe, you know, if, if the Phillies aren't comfortable, I mean, I, th- I think there were some, I saw some folks talking about not wanting them to go and play in Philadelphia or not wanting to, to go into the visitors uh, clubhouse immediately, which, uh, 
you know, they can, cl- I guess they can clean, but they can't. That's, a, that's still a mental thing. You got to be able to get in there knowing that this place was full of infected people like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's going to come down, you know, is the league willing to move forward with 28 teams? And everything we've seen so far indicates that they are. I mean, I think they'll move forward with 28 teams before they stop the whole thing. Don't you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, and they'll just, whatever the, whatever pittance or whatever they need to do to keep a certain ownership group happy, whatever is going to kind of shut the, not shut the union up, but appease the union and make sure those players are made whole or, or the players that, you know, the, like the Phillies, if I'm a Phillies player, again, like I have a, maybe I have a legitimate grievance. Like I've been done wrong. If I'm a, I'm not sure if there's anybody who, who jumps to mind. Like, well, maybe if I'm JT Real Muto and I'm, you know, this is, this maybe wasn't going to necessarily going to be my, my platform season to head into free agency, but it sure would help if I was able to go and play and, and be healthy and playing well and demonstrating to every team that is both the Yankees and the Red Sox that you can definitely sign me next year or the Dodgers, I mean the Dodgers, they don't need it, but, but you know, like maybe some of those guys have a, have a legitimate, a legitimate beef if they end up missing all or, or, or huge chunks of this season. Yeah. I mean, there are careers at stake here. There's money at stake there. There is a lot at stake. And, and, and I think, that is what has to be most frustrating right now for, for a lot of the Phillies players is that they, they, they have, you know, they had an issue in June uh, in the, in the complex in Florida and Clearwater, there was an outbreak there and, you know, numerous players and coaches were, were sidelined by COVID and, and some of them uh, weren't sick, but, but quite a few of them were missing in action for, for a long time, for, for more than a month for some of these people. And they experienced this firsthand. They, they saw, how long it could take to get back even after being asymptomatic uh, because it was difficult to get two negative tests in a row. Uh, so they, they came in, you know, with their eyes pretty wide open and they had shared their stories with their teammates and the Phillies were taking this quite seriously. I mean, I, I, watching them in summer camp and at the beginning of the season, I mean, they have been adhering to these protocols and they have to feel like, <laughs> like, they did nothing wrong. I mean, it just has to be a terrible feeling because they're sitting watching the rest of the league play right now. And they're wondering, you know, are, when are we going to get back? Are we going to be get back? And what did we do to deserve this? And it's cruel. I mean, it really is. And and the virus, you know, it, it doesn't discriminate. I mean, we've had to learn that the hard way in this country. I think uh, even for Phillies, for Phillies fans, it's probably frustrating because this is a team that you know was supposed to be pretty good on top of everything else. I mean, this they're in tough in a in a pretty difficult uh, division, which the Marlins in any form were a bit of a doormat, of course. But the, but the rest of the division um, shipping up to be pretty competitive. So it's just uh, there. There obviously are no winners. There are people who have lo- who will lose significantly. But I feel like um, the potential of the team and just like that missing out on that year is really going to um, hurt the, their development moving forward on top outside of of p- the pandemic. If we can possibly do that and get ourselves there. Yeah, there are no winners. I mean, it's a great way to put it. I mean, right now, the Phillies are three games into their season. The rest of the league is playing, and, and it's a terrible feeling for them uh, outside of the fears about possible positive tests, and there are no winners right now. I mean, it, it just doesn't feel right this whole season. Honestly, at least from the Phillies' perspective, it, it doesn't feel right, and that's terrible to say because we missed baseball. We love baseball. Uh, we want baseball, but it just doesn't feel right right now. I don't think there's anything else that we can really add to that. Uh, Matt, what, tell the people of what, what you've been writing about recently and, of course, where uh, where they can find you on social media if they're so inclined. Well, I've been writing about the virus and the Phillies, and that's about all there's been. <laughs> I mean, I was like try, I was like thinking about it today. I was like, God, I, I remember baseball. Like, I saw three games, and, you know, I've been spending my nights now uh, – just kind of flipping, watching a few games, parts of games here and there. And I was like, I remember being at a baseball game. It feels like forever ago now. And it almost like they played three games and like, that was that. And now it just feels like such a foreign concept. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Matt Gell. Uh, I write often for the athletic and I hope 
you know, that there's actual Phillies baseball to write about soon. I hope that in September we're talking about the Phillies playing the Blue Jays and maybe both teams are in a, a, a race for a playoff spot. But uh, I don't know. I have my doubts right now. And it's uh, it, it stinks because they a lot of people worked hard to get to this point and uh, already a week into it. Uh, there have to be some serious doubts. Literally one week. One week. <laughs> it in. took one week. Crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Matt, thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, I think you have, uh, you have, you've undersold it. Uh, obviously, if you, uh, want to know what's going on from a team that is like in, in, in the weirdest kind of limbo, make sure you check uh, Matt's workout on the athletic. Matt, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Stay well, guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? As you may know, this is a podcast about the Toronto Blue Jays, and so many of our listeners are in and around the city of Toronto. So what better way to promote your business than through our show? Our our listeners are loyal and engaged. They've been with us for years, just like you. So what better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? So if you want to advertise on this very show, go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a form. We'll get back to you right away. Make sure, again, theathletic.com slash podcast ads. Hit it up today. All right, that was really fun. Thanks again to Matt for taking the time to chat with us about the Phillies, about coronavirus, about the He doesn't disaster. really have anything else to chat about at this point. It's a guy you can talk about the Phillies, they, yeah. they, the, the Phillies played nine games. I should have asked him to like break down what's going on with Andrew McCutcheon. I saw Andrew McCutcheon is 0 for 9. Andrew McCutcheon, they played well, three yeah, games. See, yeah, they didn't play nine games, yeah. <laughs> they played three games. Andrew McCutcheon is 0 for 9, so I want to know why. Uh, what's wrong with Andrew McCutcheon other than he's the greatest. Well, see, um, we're, jo- we're joking about that, but I bet we'll talk about Vlad... <laughs> beating the ball into the carpet. You know what? I'd almost prefer not to. <laughs> it is a sensitive subject, and I don't have any Zach Efron memes to lean on here on the podcast. So, no, let's talk. Okay, so here we are, a week into the season. The Blue Jays are what three and four? Does that sound about right? Yeah, something like that. At this time of recording, uh, today Thursday, when we were recording, the Blue Jays lost to the to the Washington Nationals after Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, did not pitch great. He did not oh, look great. He wasn't throwing hard. He could not get the ball to the glove side, inside the righties. Uh, and it just wasn't his day, which is fine. He's still a good pitcher. Got it's, an extra day of rest and still did that, but that's fine. Yeah, but it's too early to worry about dipping oh velocity God. of a guy in his mid-30s, right? But like that, you know, those things come, they bounce up and down. They just in and out, <laughs> up and down. <laughs> oh, fuck. It, it was high. I definitely, I, I definitely didn't go and look at his velocity from like it, the first week of the season last year to be like, well, maybe it's a first week thing. And he gets it uh, because if I did that, I would have found something t- terrifying about <laughs> what his velocity was like a year ago <laughs> as compared to in Washington tonight. So Hyunjin Ryu has made two starts. <laughs> Neither of them were ex- especially great. He has not Although, yet. The, you know what? The, the first day. one was the first one was okay. It was okay. That one, doesn't mean that it was especially got, great. Got, that home run at the end. Really, was not great, but he, yeah, but I, he, he, I thought he was, I thought, I thought he was fine. Okay, so there are different things we can talk about. What's what? What, what do you think? The top Blue Jays topics of the week are number one, Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson made his big league debut on Wednesday evening, starting against the Nationals, the defending World Series champion, Washington Nationals, as I as I have come to understand it. Uh, and he was facing Matt Scherzer, who is so good it makes me want to throw up. Oh, he's amazing! It's yeah. just hilarious, but yeah. it's also it was so it was such a good counterpoint to see what what where so Pearson just the, the Pearson hype, yeah. Well, like, the, the hype, but also like that you know Pearson's the kind of guy that that that's not realistic. It's not realistic to say you can be Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer is like a slam dunk Hall of Famer, like one of the three or four best pitchers of his generation. Mm-hmm. He's ridiculous. He's 34, I think. He throws 200 innings a year. He's won the three Cy Youngs. Now he's in the World Series, and thanks to Steven Strasburg. Uh, but like, <laughs> he throws 96, 97. He throws three insane pitches in any count, which is the model that a guy like Nate Pearson can follow. And and I, and I mean, Pe- uh, Scherzer is so good that the fact that he's even a model that 
Pearson Follow speaks very highly of Pearson, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like Max Scherzer is not a model I could follow as a pitcher. <laughs> and it's not For a model example. anyone could follow. You know. yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think Pearson can. And Pearson, I will also say, I don't want to derail you here, but, like, you know, now that they we're only doing Zoom calls with players, right? So I'm just on the Zooms. And uh, he is super thoughtful and so, you know, just extremely he's, – he's a very – very impressive guy, Pearson, not just physically, but like just the way that he thinks about it. Very exciting that the Blue Jays have this guy and that he's here. But also, as I feel you're about to say, <laughs> you know, not Max Scherzer yet because Max Scherzer is real, 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 real good. What I was going to say. Also, I, also I think he's like 36 Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah, he's older. Which he's not 34. Crazy. He's but he's he's got a long track record, and he just keeps on going. Whatever they found, you know, from on the magical steroid island that they give him, sweet, sign me up. Okay. <laughs> well, he doesn't play for the Astros. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, what I, no, but what I was going to say is the fact that we we can say it's not fair to Nate Pearson, but is a humongous compliment. To Nate Pearson. Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, I've only probably realistically seen him pitch twice, right? Watched the game in Boston where he kind of struggled in the first inning. He was getting hit real hard and then figured things out. And then this mm. start against the Nationals. Thomas Hatch, God bless him. Uh, you know, he pitched really well today. He's a guy who uh, Dan Schulman mentioned on the broadcast went dueled Shane Bieber like toe-to-toe and beat him in the College World Series. Uh, you know, Thomas Hatch has been the best mm. baseball player on probably <laughs> every team yeah. he's ever hmm? – Yeah, the College World Series, slightly different. Slightly different, but like Thomas Hatch, good as he is, it's not like we're able to say, well, if he he could be like Scherzer if. Like it's not even in, it's not on the table. It's not, it's not something that's even within the realm of possibility for Thomas Hatch, who is an absurdly talented athlete and a guy who's at the beginning of what could be a very long and productive baseball career, not in the same level. Pearson is, you can see him there. You can see him there because a of the things you just discussed about his how he's thoughtful and is going to work seems interested in working hard and being healthy and doing what he can to improve. But you could, if, we, if we could do that and throw eighty nine and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> no, that's exactly he's it. He's got he's got them both. He's, he's got yeah. the tools. He's got the you know some of the tools that he's developed through that hard work. I, I think he's a bit of like a driveline kind of tinkerer, uh, you know, Rapsodo type type of dude. But when you watch him pitch, it's all there. He's throwing like filthy, unfair, you know, curveballs and sliders that are just breaking people's hearts. And then that the, the I don't know, famous, but to uh, Carter uh, Kierboom, he threw oh, that the, 99 at the knees uh, on the outside corner, the, uh, and it's just pitch. like, yeah, that's 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 like that's magic, right? Like yeah. that you you can't teach you, you can't teach that. You can develop and you can learn and work to get there, but like to know when to do it, to be able to have that ability to throw those different pitches in different counts. He didn't even throw his changeup that many, that much as I recall. I think he may only throw three or four in that first start against the nationals. Um, but it was amazing. He, I mean, he's not going to pitch maybe that well every time. Uh, he only threw 75 pitches. Okay. So there's he still that gonna, opportunity. He's going to pitch that well every time. He's pitch that well every <laughs> Fair enough. But <laughs> it was everything you'd ever want. If you're a blue Jays fan to see him out there pitching the velocity, the velo sort of ticked up bit by bit as the game went along. We're not really going to see him throw 102 like he did in the Futures game because that was obviously like an exhibition and just doing one inning here and there. But we did see him throw 99. We did see that slider that's like 89-90, you know, and then the changeup that he threw, which I think I I, I noticed him throwing more in, in Boston. Filthy, like an absolutely yeah. filthy, filthy pitch. And then he can still, well, the, the second time around, I saw him he do it a couple of times, he throw a first pitch like curveball like a slower curve drop it in there steal a oh, strike yeah, yeah. and then you're behind if you're the batter you're like oh jesus what am i going to get now once he, well, he no, can do whatever he wants and so in like in boston after that start like because i i wrote a piece this week i went through the start in boston and also went through we're fortunate the blue jays have been generous and maybe this is an mlb thing but like not only are there zoom calls with players but they also immediately after are like Here's the recording of it, so you can go back and see what everybody talks about. Cool. Uh, and and his, you know, the way that he talks about, he's like, I had to rely on my changeup, which is like as my best pitch, which it's not. My slider and my fastball are my best pitch, and he's absolutely right about that. And in that start in Boston, he, you know, you 
that's what I thought was fascinating about it and worth writing about was because it was, you know, he, he just, he did not, he didn't have the slider, didn't have the fastball and he battled and he, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, it's not that every, it's not that other pitchers aren't thinking their way through their starts. Like you, you can't just, you can't just be a, a drooling moron and fucking like, <laughs> like huck a baseball, you know, you like, like, like pitch selection matters and how you approach hitter, like that's all you know built into it. But uh, it, but it but but for a guy his age, a child, <laughs> as I guess I'm old enough to say at this point, like it's 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 very impressive how he thinks about it and speaks about it, and uh, and I think I, I don't know if it, I I don't know which media session it is. I pretty much been you know I watched all of them and. But he's like uh, just talking about about how like he he knows he knew he's like I can't just pump fastballs at guys or I'll get hit. I had to work. He knew he had to work on his secondary stuff, and it's like everybody kind of gets focused on like oh he throws so hard, and it's like no he knows it can't he can't just throw a straight hundred mile an hour fastball. Or people will eventually catch up with it. He's made an effort to like make sure his slider is better to refine the slider to find it. He found, he's like I found a changeup grip that really works for me. Uh, you know he did mix in that curveball a bit, and like that's you know that's what that to me is what's encouraging. What what's encouraging isn't like oh he throws really hard because you know Jordan Romano sure doesn't hurt who who has been no it certainly doesn't hurt so sure doesn't. and more, and like and Romano has been great but like. But like it, you know, you can't do that for five, six innings. You can't turn up, turn a lineup over. And I think that I think people were talking about that on Twitter as well. Like it's like he didn't, he barely threw the changeup in the first couple innings. You know, he was like fastball slider, and it's, then third, and then third inning, it's like oh, here comes the changeup. Oh, mixing in a curveball, and you know, and it's it's just, and it, it it's it was kind of just veteran shit, which is really impressive and. It's and he's just a thoughtful kid. I, I I think until that fucking ligament snaps, I think he's gonna be fucking real good. It's it's a it's important to be a thoughtful ball player. It's important to think about your craft, think about the shape and and the tunneling and all the things that that he surely does. You know, as he refines his slider, he has an idea of what how he wants it to look and or how he wants it to behave. You know, he, if he wants it to be short, he wants it to be long. You know, he wants it to be a, a, a kind of a wipeout pitch, whatever. He wants to be able to throw it for a strike. All these different things. Um, that's important. Those are. All, I mean, it helps to be smart. That the smart, the intelligence, and the and the thoughtfulness is a, almost like a luxury when you have those tools already. When you are able to marry them, maybe that's when you have someone who can be that kind of player, like Max Scherz or like Steven Strasburg, another guy who's known to be a thoughtful, maybe a little, um, yeah. uh, or a little like aloof, but also uh, or like how about guy. like how about like AJ Burnett. Who perhaps early in his career was less smart about things and figured it out and really, you know, understood eventually how good his stuff was and how he was able to get guys out and was able to do it. And I, I don't know. I some guys you know, never I, get. I am going the- to enjoy. I, I'm going to enjoy watching Pearson for a very long time, and I also enjoyed. I forget who I saw on Twitter was like. Well, Ryu was the Blue Jays' ace for four days. <laughs> well, it's a very obviously it's a very different a different package when Ryu is 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 pitching well. He's moving the ball in and out. He's throwing you know that he's change up away to righties that just wasn't working today. I saw Drupal Cabrera, but the ball at number one. Before we get any further, the ball is still a joke. The regular season baseball is an absolute disaster of Super Bowl proportions. I've seen Terrible, so bro. already so many. Dog shit opposite field home runs. Like, uh, Fernando Tess- Derek Fisher almost hit one. Derek Fisher. Derek F- to Fisher. He, that was a <laughs> missile. He hit that so hard, though. That was a good swing. But I mean, <laughs> Fernando Tetis Jr. Hit, in a, hit a ball that was like a freakish little swing and it went out to right field at, at, what's it called? AT&T, the one in San Francisco, whatever they call it now. Like that doesn't happen. There's no way. Pac Bell. Pac Bell, of course. Pac Bell. (laughs) But you don't, you just don't do that at that stadium. The ball is a joke. 
But when Ryu is right, he's a really interesting counterpoint to to um, to Pearson because of his the ability to really dot pitches and and spot the changeup which is which can be so filthy and and looks exactly like his fastball of course that, it helps again even even when your velocity isn't great when you're Ryu there's a difference when you're throwing 88 89 90 versus 92 uh just like it's different with your Pearson and you're throwing 94 it's not pin straight um it's got a lot of I don't know arm side or less just, to drop i think it might be like has a little bit it's more of a rise ball i don't know i i saw i'm trying these, to work through like hyunjin burley or how how do we well so that was those were the texts that i was it was it was the first text i got was hyunjin burley and then the text i replied with was uh hyunjo saunders oh that's rude that's rude but anyway it was great to watch pearson we'll get to watch nate pearson again soon uh Hyunjin Ryu, I, there's no sense in worrying uh, right now. Oh, he's all he's uh, yeah, he's awesome. Now I did want you to mention. I'm glad you mentioned Jordan Romano. I was of the belief, uh, especially especially when Ken Giles was still alive, uh, that the Blue Jays bullpen actually looks really pretty good. Like there's a lot of guys yeah. with potential back there. Obviously Giles is a monster, and to lose him is terrible. Uh, we've spoken a lot about how good he is and how. Uh, He's the kind of player that maybe you want to extend. Yeah, maybe. Why not? You need it. You're, yeah, you're paying I, think your- I, I think I said extend. I tweeted extend Ken Giles yesterday, and then he just completely lost the plot. Well, he was hurt, he and he fun. looked rough. It, it's it's so it's such a shame because he looked good in his pr- previous two outings, and then and why, did not. Why, why, why did he continue to pitch, do you figure? Well, so this is going to get into the next topic, which is it's with seven games into a 60-game series season, and the people are like, yo, the Blue Jays should probably just fire Charlie Montoyo, eh? People um, do have that feeling. You have come out, maybe, I don't know, strongly, but you have said it's taken on, like, fire Gibbons kind of levels That's of absurdity in your mind and your mentions, which is an one, interesting perspective. One tweet, but I've also, but I've also been critical of him, but yes. Yeah. I realized though, also when you say that, and I went looking on your profile and I, you follow like 2000 people on Twitter. Yeah. So this is your own problem. This is a, you, well, there's problem. a lot, there's a lot of communists out there that I like to follow. <laughs> They're not necessarily baseball people, but yeah, that's fair. I have been axi- I, I, I'm going to offer an, up an apology and like a mea culpa. I in the last week have probably accidentally followed ten people. Like I see someone show up in the timeline, I'm like, "Who's this?" I did not follow this person, and then I unfollow them most of the time because like, and they're like, and then oh. you're like, oh. It showed up because Stoughton liked them. Oh, right. Well, I, I have my latest tweets first. Come on. I'm not some oh, kind yeah, of animal. Not, yeah. oh, but yeah. anyway, I not apologize if yeah. I followed you and then immediately unfollowed you. It's because I, I'm already because I'm, I'm maxed, out. I'm maxed out. I'm maxed. It's a me thing. That's my problem. I'm maxed out. Um, yeah, I follow, like a, I follow a ton of people. Well, here's the thing about that. To, just a tangent very briefly. Uh, I just, I'm just chasing that dragon, you know, I don't want that, I don't want that feed to ever end. <laughs> I don't want to be sitting in bed and it's just like, oh, there's no more Twitter. I don't want to get to the end of Twitter. That would be, that'd be horrible, but also would be fantastic. Uh, infinite scroll until you, <laughs> until you die. But anyway, so you might, apparently are seeing more fire Charlie Montoyo. Talk. I'm, I'm seeing you know, some, most and, and people are not like that. And maybe is there a lot of people think that he is like uh, the placeholder, uh, Bo Porter in Houston, for example, kind of guy. And I must say, I like Charlie's a super nice guy, obviously, but like. I would if I had a triple A team, he could manage them any day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what but, what's, what are you insinuating? Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> let's see what I would say. But no, I, and a lot of people feel that perhaps that's what's going on, right? It's like, oh, you know, he's a guy who's here to help, you know, to be the positive reinforcement while. The important people on the team, the Biggios, the Bichettes, the Guerreros. I mean, his positive reinforcement has not helped Vlad very much. No. 
but uh but but i don't i i don't know i don't know i, I charlie is very nice and i also don't think that it's I don't think it, it's too early to be calling for his. Head. It's hard to judge an, but also, a manager, but also it's hard to judge a manager. It really is realistically fairly. If you're trying to be even remotely fair, if you're trying to think about these things in anything remotely approaching an objective perspective, it's really difficult because there's only what you see in a, on a game to game basis often. And so much of that is driven by the results. So if it It'd be works, nice if he was a dickhead, though. It would be easier to dislike <laughs> him if he was not a nice man, if he was not, uh, uh, you know, seemingly, you know, really going to the mat for his players. If he was, yeah, if he was a, if he was a dick, like everybody would be against him, and I would not. Here, here's here's my my way. view of it is a, a good way to sort of rehabilitate his image in your own mind is to not even the thousands of people that you follow on Twitter, but like search, just search his name and then go in and re- read what normal people are saying about him. And you'll be like, oh, whatever they feel, I will feel the opposite because they're obviously subhuman trash. So I am going to re- change my view because if they think this, there's no way I will in, ever, in any way be aligned with their, their worldview. Uh, but like, he just, I just feel like he leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, and I've, I've talked about this last week. I'm kind of poisoned on, by the when he was he was pinch running for Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year, which I found really odd, and maybe was like a something that again not what it appears on this on the surface. Uh, also, as it should be noted, that on top of all of the other things that are going on with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now, his uh, sprint speed has. Uh, according to Statcast, again, very early. Maybe there's sample size concerns with that. I don't see how he's just running, but uh, three seconds slower to first three base. Three seconds. Three seconds. Last year, he was like solidly in the average, like 40th between 40th, 50th percentile in terms of sprint speed. Not a problem. I, I wrote on and made a thousand excuses, but like, oh, it's fine. This is stupid. He's not a he's not a slow runner. Everyone talks about how fast this year he's in like the seventh percentile for sprint speed. Like so bad, so so bad. It's just all gone to shit for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But that's not that's the next topic or one of the next topics for now. Yeah, let's go easy it's, on the fire. Yeah, easy on the fire on the fire, Charlie Charlie uh, Montoyo. So much of it is driven by results. It's still it's still so early in the season that we don't even know what to make of anything. People are, are basing the Shun Yamaguchi. What do you think Charlie's sprint speed is? Charlie? Oh, not good. No. I don't have high hopes. Uh, do you think he could outrun Vlad? No, no, I don't think that he could. No, I don't know. I don't think that he could. I don't know. I don't really. I mean. Dude, I think Dante Bichette might give him a go, but uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't if know. Dante Bichette lost a race to Vlad, he would beat the shit out of him easily. If Dante Bichette... Da- Dante, Dante is a... I don't know if you've noticed this. He's a large man. He's a big dude. I feel he's very strong. I don't doubt that for a second. He's talking about yeah. getting the, the big and the pain, the, the visit to the <laughs> island. So... Let's leave Charlie alone for now. He'll, things will get sorted out. He'll realize that Sam Gavilio. So Sam Gavilio, as an example, people were like, "I can't believe he, you know, went to to Gavilio in a high leverage situation." That if you can't use Gavilio then facing the bottom of the Nationals like injury and COVID depleted lineup, if you can't ask him to get those three outs, then really, what are you doing with Sam Gavilio? This is this is a a thing, right? Like I have like yeah, Sam Gavilio. I'm gonna whisper this, but like we all know it. Sam, Sam, Sam Gavilio sucks. It's terrible. Well, I mean, I but but uh, but like and, and Charlie in a video in a Zoom the other day was like, yeah, you know, people forget last year he did high. He you know he was high leverage. He was fine. And it's like I looked at Fangraphs and they're like the way they break down high leverage situations. Sam Gavilio of his 92 and and two thirds innings. Had pitched two innings in high situations, <laughs> literally two innings. It's like he is not like it's like I, you know, I'm sure Sam is a lovely person, but the idea that this is that this is a thing that that they should be doing is is insane, and 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 it it speaks, I think, 
to the way that that the uh, the Blue Jays are you know they, like Charlie is there to you know to be positive to be not you know you know you don't want you don't want Cito Gaston and Sean Green kind of situation right or the Cito Gaston Travis Snyder or or Cito Gaston name any literally any young player you do want Cito Gaston <laughs> Jose Bautista that is that is well that is the goal though. that did actually work out well that's Teoscar Hernandez right I mean he is. Uh, He's gonna be great now. So I think and that let's let's put a let's let's finish up the bullpen <laughs> discussion, which is to say, I think the bullpen Please. can be pretty good. Jordan Romano looks great. He's I think the bullpen and people are like, oh, the bullpen, like yeah, Romano looks great. Delise was terrible in that first game. Like people, and I tw- I tweeted this. It's like it's like people are like so mad about baseball, and it's like. As acting as though they've never seen a baseball game season again uh, <laughs> before, you know, like it's like no, it, it, that's it's like literally, I've I've watched forty five. I'm on, I'm not even I'm I'm not even forty, but I but I feel I've watched forty five baseball seasons, and like, it just it just it it makes absolutely no sense that people are like like. Well, like the start of every season, it's like, well, that guy's terrible. I can tell right away. I've said this for years. I've said this for years. The worst thing that any baseball player can do is be bad on opening day. Because if you're bad on opening day, that's the only thing that people will remember for the whole season. Because that's when so many more people are watching, I find. So, so far in the bullpen, I think I like what I've seen from Jordan Romano. Obviously, he's throwing the ball very well. Throws hard as balls, uh, and he's I think throwing strikes. Can be good. I think Bass can be good. Bass has been I obviously think. has been awesome. I think it would be foolish to say otherwise. I was yeah. I was in the, you know early, even in the summer and spring. I thought Bass looked great. Uh, some folks were like I I took I had a hot take. I was like I think the bullpen's gonna be pretty good. And people were like ah, you know, they've got one good reliever. I'm like Bass is good. Dolis you could see it especially in his last outing. He really started to find that slider. Um, you know, he, yeah. he I, I love his, his motion is so like easy and natural and just sort of like, and here it comes. And then it's like 94, 95. But that Wilmer Font is good. Wilmer Font I is okay. That, He's okay. But like uh, you've got those guys, and then you've got Ryan Barucki, who was throwing 95. Which and is looked amazing. Great. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Hatch, who looked pretty good today. You've got there's still Anthony K back there, sort of these guys that are on the in the periphery of, of the starting rotation, guys who can also give you a couple extra innings. Um, and then at the back, again, we talked about Romano, we talked about Bass, you talked about um uh uh Shun Yamaguchi. So Shun Yamaguchi's kind of had been given uh maybe I don't know how to literally start. the worst start to like how how do you even yeah, so and but so so Yamaguchi did not look good in the extra innings in the most recent his most recent outing, but you could see it sort of come together again. I think I think he started to get better as the as the outing, you know, as the nightmare outing went along. You could see there, but seriously, like I I I I hundred percent believe that you know. Look, if we're if we're accepting last year as we were. Like Anthony Gay is like, oh, they they gave the MLB balls to guys in AAA, and Anthony Gay lost it. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna be fine. Like, no, like the balls in Japan are different to the ones that they're throwing with in in North America. And yeah, no, I have a lot of time for Yamaguchi. I think I also I also am terrified every time I see him. So here's my thing with Yamaguchi. Off. If you look at the rest of the rest of the guys in the in the Blue Jays bullpen, Romano, Giles, to a lesser extent, Dolis, Bass, they're like pretty standard prototype hard throwing right-handed relievers. Guys of the Blue yeah, Jays haven't fastball slider, fastball guys, slider yeah. guys. The Blue Jays ha- haven't had a ton of those guys. Delise is like more fastball uh, splitter, uh, splitter, but without yeah. the splitter, and he was not effective. And then as the splitter came around, there he is. He's good. Yamaguchi is throws shit. It's slop, right? It's just like. It's it, oh, he's yeah. got he's like got old man you know old, especially <laughs> Japanese pitcher with the splitter all the time and like throwing fifty different pitches and it's not fun to watch when it's not working because it just looks like shit he's just 
oh fuck and like heaving whatever up there and you just it's like remember watching R.I. Dickey and like wincing like oh man is this one gonna get smashed yeah uh, it has yeah. that kind of thing which the Blue Jays had a lot of those sort of guys with the last couple years when they were bad in 2018 2019 they did not have other than Giles they didn't have like an overpowering arm those these guys that came in and just lit up the the, the radar gun so I don't love that that idea. It's nice to have, but I think that a as he sort of, sort of gets more effective, he'll be able to sort of like work in a way to 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 find a role in a in and among those hard throwing guys. Uh, he could be fine because again, even though he he lost the zone and he's having to nibble because everything again is like fucking 88, 88 to eighty four spinning <laughs> this way and that. So it's not great, but when he's got command, he's going to be, he'll probably be fine. So bullpen, interesting. Starting rotation, uh, again, interesting in terms of Nate Pearson being the most interesting guy on the, on the club. We could talk about Teoscar Hernandez breaking out. My guy, my absolute guy, Teoscar Hernandez. I'm going to just go, I mean, go through every old podcast, find clips, me saying things about Teoscar <laughs> Hernandez. I'm sorry that he's not able to throw his fucking seeds. Yeah, that sucks. But maybe that's <laughs> maybe the seeds are what. Uh, well, they they must be in page one hundred and thirty-one of the one hundred thirty-two page protocol. He's uh, but anyway, Teoscar <laughs> looks great. Vladdy looks awful. Looks well, it really does so not look bad. Good. And uh, yeah. the stupid exit velocity, dog shit. Like fuck, he just is hitting it into the stupid ground all the time. He's gonna be fine. I'm not worried. I swear to God, I'm telling myself. Well, no, you sound you sound like someone who's not worried. not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not mad or worried. I, it's I'm funny to me. A hundred percent worried. It's funny okay, to me. That's fine. That's it's fine. funny. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You're not mad. You're just laughing. Mm-hmm. You're laughing. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where <laughs> it's so stupid. I can't even figure it out. Like, what is even going on? He swung at the first pitch, I don't know how many times today, which I don't mind. It, the, 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 the thing to me, so he swung at 3 0. He ground, hit a, got grounded out on somebody, a 3 0. Somebody swing. called him, like, on my Twitter feed, was like, oh, it's he's like the Blue Jays fucking Dimitri Young. Delman like, Young, maybe, please. Or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was maybe Delman. But he, so he's. Well, no, I think it was Dimitri because of, I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Dimit uh, Hook? The size of <laughs> whatever it was, it was like <laughs> I hate you and everything you stand for. The problem, not not the problem, the issue, the challenge, the thing that's so difficult about watching Vlad Junior right now is that the pitches that he's not hitting hard or hitting hard, but into the ground and directly to the shortstop every time, they always appear to be just like right there. I mean, it's not a situation. I don't feel as though it's a situation where where you see a guy scuffling and he's just swinging at shit. He's swinging at sliders yeah. in the dirt and he's getting himself out all the time. It's just Vladdy's like the I saw, when one of his last at bat today. It was like a two seam fastball on the inside half of the plate and nothing. Just can't do anything with it. And he gets a three zero fastball. Can't do anything with it. I just don't understand if there's. It, because he's so talented, because we've seen what he can do, because we you know how much power he has, because he hit all the time, you you can't. If you don't think that there's just a switch like a that's going to flick, then I don't. I feel for you because you know. Otherwise, what are we really doing with our lives? If you can't, if you can't, in your mind <laughs> believe that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to figure it out. If there's going to be a tweak or a mentality thing, or if they're going to do something, or he's going to just sort of figure it out. Uh, I feel for you, but I I also don't have any choice. I like I'm all in at this point, so I gotta I gotta believe that that's there. But there's just those those pitches that are just right there, you know. And that's the, the those are the kind of you know we joke people were joking about the the home run that he hit in that game at Fenway Park before the season started. Like oh, it was a dog shit, you know, spinning cement mixer slider. Oh, it was a meat. It was terrible, but he hit it. And at this point, I'd take it. <laughs> I'll take that. He got that cheap little home run yeah. that that fell over the fence because of uh, the 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 dude Emilio Bonifacio helping out embedded <laughs> Blue Jay Emilio Bonifacio. But I don't know. I feel like the less said about the, about Vladdy, the, the the better right now. Uh, Bichette missed a couple of days with an injury. He's back. Randall Grichuk has missed a few days with an injury. 
Mm, I have, there are feelings. Who cares? It's Teoscar's world. Yeah. It's Teoscar Hernandez's world now. We don't need any, there's no need for Gritchicks or <laughs> Fishers or, or Anthony Alford, anybody out there. Uh, Guriel had a few hits, uh, you know, after a bit of a slow start. It's fine. It's fine. They'll be fine. They, they, the games against Tampa Bay were very good. All the games I think were good except for uh, today's game really was not as, as competitive and, and, uh, they just kind of never were really in the game. Uh, but the, the Pearson start was a great game. Uh, the game, the the two games that they won, obviously were were good games. You saw the bullpen at almost full strength, and it looks great. So, I don't know. It's it's good to be talking about actual baseball stuff again. It's good to be lamenting the manager again. It's good to be overreacting to seven game samples again. Uh, it doesn't dis- doesn't distract from a all of the pandemic stuff that's going on. The very re- the very real reactions and the very real. Uh, 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 effects that are being felt by thousands of people thousands of people every day in the united states and like dozens of people here in canada <laughs> it doesn't just distra- doesn't distract from 100%. the the, yeah. the political backdrop as well it's still ongoing there's still protests in new york and portland in big cities and small cities every single day uh, which i think is so so powerful and even though it's sort of the cameras have turned away it's all still happening and i think there's still such an opportunity for um for for forward momentum for change and for uh, and for people just learning and 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 taking a more empowered stance in in all of our lives together, I think that's also important. But it really does feel good to be able to be making stupid jokes about baseball and and, over, and like I said, overreacting and just watching the game. And we you know Matt, we talked to, hasn't even been able to do that. So pretty lucky that the, these are the these are the things that we're able to do and uh, and 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 tear our hair out and want to send. You know, Rafael Dolis and, and Shani Yamaguchi on the first plane back to the NPB because they're no good in their first two outings. So I don't know. Could be a lot worse. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I think, I think with that, I think that's about it. What do you think? Back. We're back. Baseball. It's back. We're talking. For now. For now. For now. We have For now. Work. Everything. God only knows what's going to happen this weekend. We kind of mentioned it. Well, what the hell? Just keep playing the Nationals. Whatever. Let, I would let that Strasburg get out there. Let's let's see Patrick Corbin. He's good as hell too. Uh, Eric Thames, you know. I don't things. understand why they're not just playing the Nationals all weekend. Like, not like any of this shit means a fucking thing. It's it all really a joke. Is completely meaningless <laughs> garbage. Yeah. So anyway, here's hoping we have another week of things to complain about, of things to tear our hair out, of things to overreact to next week so but that's it for this edition of birds all day his name is andrew stoughton you can read everything that he writes at the athletic if you haven't subscribed go theathletic.com slash birds all day sign up 40 percent off for the year my name is drew fair service you can listen to me here on this podcast you can read the newsletter at fairservice.substack.com if you want to read about vladimir guerrero's woes you can do that but yeah his name is stoughton my name is drew we'll talk to you next time on birds all day